Hi everyone, welcome to the XYZ Experiment podcast. This is Dash, your Gen Y millennial, and I'm here today with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Dash. And um, Sarah is a Zenial. I'm a Zenial, and in between Gen X and millennial, but my heart is more with my Gen X friends. Yeah, I have to say. Okay. Um, and we wanted to have a conversation because we've had a few episodes recently about pregnancy and IVF and um, we wanted to have a chat about our thoughts and our experience as two people who have intentionally decided to be child free. Gasp! (laughs) Collectively clutch pearls. (gasps) Barren. Uh, We don't even even know if we're barren. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit and just talk through some of our thinking behind that decision and some of the conversations um, we encounter Mm -hmm. and um, maybe some stats you may not be aware of. So maybe we will start, Sarah, do you want to tell us why you are child-free? Yeah. And I guess for those who are... I guess I'm not sure of the differentiation, child-free being, yes, have not wanted or don't want kids by choice versus childless, as in wanted kids but don't have them. So Dash and I both identify as child-free. Um, and look, for me, it's it's kind of a hard question to answer because it's defined by just the absence of wanting to have kids. I have never wanted them. So I don't know what it feels like to want them. I can observe it in other people. I can hear about it from friends who've wanted kids. But ever since I was a kid myself, I just knew that I never would have children. I, it just, I could see this thing or this feeling or this desire in other people that just was simply absent. And I talk about it as being, I just, uh, don't have that that gene, basically. Yeah. What about you, Dash? Um, yeah, and I guess it's it's interesting as someone, you know, I've been married now for 16, 17 years. Is that right? God. Yeah, something like that. And um, when we got married, bizarrely, we didn't have that conversation because I think... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you... Do you think that's something that you... So it just never, you never spoke about whether either of you wanted to have have kids before you walked down the aisle. So I guess there were assumptions made. (laughs) (laughs) The assumption, and we grew up in the church and there was a lot of people having children around me. And, you know, I just assumed one day we would have children. I didn't Ah. think it was something we had to discuss. Mm. And I don't remember having an explicit conversation about it. And then it was 2011 or 12 and we were going to, I remember this very clearly, we were going to Sri Lanka um, in 2013 mm. and we hadn't been in a long time. And I said to Scott, by this time my sister had, had started having children, I said to Scott, oh, when we get back we should probably start trying to have a kid. And he was like, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> have we decided we're having children? And I was like, have we not? And so we had this period of like having a conversation, right? And it was the first time where someone said to me, I give you permission to not want to have children, Mm. right? Mm. I give you permission 
to think about this. Mm-hmm. I give you permission to pause and reflect on what this would look like for us to have children mm. and to really decide, is that something we want to do? And that took me by surprise. But as soon as I was like, okay, yeah, no, let's actually think about this. Let's not go into this with the, this is just the next step that we're supposed to do because we're married and, um, you know, he'd finished his PhD and I'd finished my PhD and we'd just bought our new place. Um, it's not the, necessarily the next logical step. And then I was like, actually, no, I, I, don't, I don't want a child. And so to that point, was it like you were just sleepwalking along with society's expectations? You just hadn't, it wasn't a question because you were just, it was just assumed. You had yeah. just absorbed the messages um, just the same way as you go to school, you, as you say, get married, all of this. You had never mm. once sort of sat and thought about whether you actually wanted them. Yeah. And I think um, one of the biggest things was the romanticization of what it meant to be a parent mm. and seeing that in movies and TV <laughs> shows and social media, these beautiful images of mother and child, and then having a cognitive dissonance with seeing the reality with some of my friends or um, family members who were child-rearing and going, oh, God, that's, it's actually hard. <laughs> and, and it's not always beautiful and your, and your child does poop a lot. And um, so I was like, okay, uh, do I want this? But it was very clearly that narrative and it was a cultural narrative yeah. from um, the Sri Lankan side but also just societal narrative, but also a religious narrative. Yeah. And there was a lot of conversation growing up that a woman doesn't decide whether or not they have children. God decides. Mm, mm, <laughs> interesting. And so it's so fascinating because I am basically the opposite, really, as I got older and realised how different my views were on that, I actually became quite militant about it and I became almost just as bad as those who we'll talk about, I'm sure in a minute, those who militantly question us about our views. I became, I would engage in conversations with anyone around, well, why do you, why are you following society's extra? Have you actually stopped and thought about whether you want this? Why would you just go along with with it without questioning it? Um, Then I went into my live and let live phase, which has continued on, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, I was very conscious of um, the fact that as I, as I say, as I got older and realised this absence that I talked about was really different and realised that I could kind of see that in friends or you talk about it, but they were going along with this fairy tale and I was really keen on on picking at that and like getting people to engage and talk about that was really uncomfortable. It's really hard. It's a hard one. So what would people say when you ask them those questions? Um, look, I think they would, I, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a hard question to answer for somebody when I said, well, why do you want kids? Because we get asked a lot, why don't you want kids? But What's the answer to say, well, why do you want kids? I just, I want to, 
um, bring, I want to give someone love, I want to pass on my, you know, gener- whatever, pass on my genes, I want to carry mm. on the family line, I want to have a family, and I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 the five whys? Okay, so then when you and Scott had this conversation and you realised, actually, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to have them and we're not having them, mm. what kind of questions did you get? Oh, God. <laughs> So um, when we started telling people that um, we weren't going to have children, we would get responses like, um, oh, but you'd be such good parents. And I was like, would we though? Would we actually be such good parents? Like, do you know us enough? Because, you know, um, we're both researchers. We're both academics. We both love our jobs. I don't, I've said on a previous podcast, I don't like being interrupted when I'm working. Like, can you imagine a child crying and I'm in the middle of writing a paper and being like, shut up. Like, I could just see the resentment that that would have bred. And I think Scott could see that as well. Like, that would breed. So when people would say, oh, you'd make such good parents. And to also say, we got a dog, right? Uh We got a dog almost as a trial run. And I realised I'm an anxious dog parent. Mm, mm. Like I'm constantly thinking, oh, my God, Pete Uncle's going to die. Oh, my God, Pete <laughs> Uncle's going to get eaten by another dog. Oh, my oh, God, my Pete God. Uncle's going to get hit by a tram. <laughs> and I feel just by having a dog mm. that my heart is outside of my body and running around. Aww. And that is scary mm. with a dog. Imagine me as a child. I would be the most anxious parent and I just thought I would be the worst version of myself. Like I would be the worst version of myself as a parent. And I've gotten that too. Like, well, you'd be great. I think people just say that though. And what I find interesting is it's like the expectation to have kids at all costs. So I would say, but I don't want them though. Yeah. So the kid wouldn't be wanted. Yeah. And... It's, and then the next question and assumption that you don't like kids and that you hate them, which I find really confusing. So I don't want a cat or a puppy or an aquarium. Would you assume that I hate exotic fish and (laughs) (laughs) cute puppies? And adorable kittens. And I'm like, yes, we're not equating humans to exotic fish. But why is the assumption? Have you worked that out? Why why is it that because you don't want want one of your own of something that it means you don't like or even hate? I think for some people, well, my interpretation is it's such a foreign concept Mm. to them to not want children. You know how you talked about that you could see it in your friends and potentially other family members, this real desire Mm -hmm. to have children, that they can't separate that and Mm. say, but what do you mean you don't want them? Like, Mm. I don't think, I think it comes from a place of not understanding. And so then they jump to, well, then you must not like them. Mm. Like, that's the only Mm. logical Mm. explanation. Mm. Otherwise, why... Otherwise, what other reason, reason could you have? Yeah. Yeah. What do you say, though, when people say that to you? Yeah. I've never wanted them. I don't want them. But when they say, um, 
you must not like children then. Mm. You know, I would usually always talk about how much I actually do love the kids in my life and, you, you know, nieces, nephews, adopted nieces, nephews, all of that. But I read an article recently that um, critiqued that kind of justification mm. around, well, why do you have to actually justify and go, but but I love, but I actually do love kids. It's, it's um, yeah, but, but usually that is my stock standard answer. It, it is trying to justify to them that, no, I'm not this monster that society depicts women who are child-free by choice are like a selfish, monstrous, um, no-feeling thing and that's one topic I definitely do want to cover yeah selfishness selfish that's the main accusation isn't it yeah that you're selfish yeah 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 yeah. but just before you go to the selfishness one (laughs) I I have to admit I actually do not like children (gasps) gasp I told you to get ready to clutch your pearls (laughs) with this podcast oh my god I love my nieces and nephews and Sorry, Dasha's niece and nieces and nephews who are listening to this podcast. Yeah, she really does love you. I do love them, but for the most part, I do not love children. Like, mm. I do not like them. I do not like being around them. I find their energy exhausting. I mm. feel like they're dirty little rat bags. We're going to get... I'm just being well, honest. I feel like I'm you need to be honest. on that show. You can't ask that. Yeah. There probably is a ch- Yeah, anyway. And I'm sure, like, people are going to come at me for it, but I'm just being honest. I think it's okay to say I do not like children. For the most part, I do not like children. I do not mm. like being around children because it's okay for people to say I don't like dogs. And I know mm. beforehand you said we're not equating children to animals, but that's societally accepted. Oh, I don't like dogs. Um, I find them messy and gross. Well, in the same way, I find young children messy and gross. So I have, <laughs> I actually have a theory that I've not Googled because, you know, I'm a zenial and we, we don't offer, yeah, sorry, slight segue. But do you sometimes get caught out when you ask a question and a younger, like a Gen Z is like, uh, Google it, <laughs> right? Because you're just not used to, like you haven't, Growing up used to just having that answer. You're used to it now. I say that to my my staff. I'm like, have you Googled this before (laughs) you've come to ask me this question? (laughs) Because you're a bratty millennial. But anyway, (laughs) I have a theory that (laughs) I haven't um, Googled and I just thought about it last night actually and thinking about what I was going to say on this podcast. I was really thinking about why it is that people get very invested, strangers, Everyone, like, mm. get very invested and have a lot to say about a personal decision not to have children. Mm. They get, they feel almost as though it's a personal attack, a- attack on yeah. their own decision or they feel somewhat, it's, it's, they have a really invested reaction to it. And my little theory is, um, that's given me, I guess, I feel I have a lot of grace now that I've come across this like ironclad theory about the reason. Um, if we, it's an evolutionary thing for us because what if we just let the likes of you and I go unquestioned yeah. and unexamined? Yeah. Well, then the survival of our species 
is in jeopardy. Yeah. We actually have to, you know, propagate the human race. Yeah. And so every, it's everyone's business to yeah. make sure we do that, right? And it maybe sparks some sort of evolutionary thing. Well, no, you, ha- you have to. Like, what, why aren't you? Yeah. Kind of. We, we have to keep humankind going. Yeah. You, I can't just sit back and not say anything and be okay with that. Something very almost primal is being kind of activated in me when mm. I see that happening. What if everyone started to not want to? I what sp- do you think? I think we will always be in the minority yeah. for the most part. I think, oh, well, actually I shouldn't say that because um, the ABS census data revealed that um, it is predicted that between next year, so this was in 2022, so um, it is predicted that between next year, 2023, which is this year, and 2029, the number of couples living without children will overtake the number of couples who have children. Hmm. But I don't know if they also count people who are at the old end of the spectrum and therefore not living with their children. I'm not sure where that data all came from. But I think it is increasing that people are not having children. And so, yes, from an evolutionary perspective, that may be a challenge. But I also think there are a lot of people on the planet and there are a lot of children on the planet and not a lot of those children also have parents. And so um, I think there's that kind of element to it. The question I also get when I tell people <laughs> that um, I don't want to have a child or children is, but who's going to look after you when you're old? Mm. Mm. And I don't know also from an evolutionary perspective whether people are like, but as I age, I need someone within my tribe and my family mm. mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do that caring role for me. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know if you want to put that in your theory. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is I feel that there's a cognitive dissonance though around that reason to have kids not being selfish. Yeah. Why is it selfish to not want, why is it selfish to not have kids but it's not considered selfish to have kids primarily so that they can become your caregiver? If if someone's suggesting to you that you should have kids so that because they will take care of you or you, so that they can take care of you. Isn't that a selfish reason to have kids? You, so I think you've hit something on the head there because I feel like if you were to ask someone who has decided to have children or who has children, they will talk about multiple factors and reasons that led to them wanting children and multiple things that um, come from heart and mind, mm. right, mm. that led to them. Yet when we say we do not want children, they mm. try to distill us to down to single narratives mm. Mm. Um, of, well, it's really selfish mm. or you must not like children mm-hmm. when there's mm. actually multiple mm. factors, heart and mind, mm-hmm. that has also led to us coming to that decision. Mm-hmm. And so while the I want children, you know, children will then look after me when I get old, which um, as someone who works in aged care, can I just say, is not guaranteed. And, you know, I visit a lot of residents who have not had any family visit them for like 12 months. Mm. So that it's not a guarantee that your child is going to still be in your life when you get old. Um, but I think it's one of many stre- strings that come in and they kind of Almost when they hear we say we don't want children, there's this fear response. Who will love you? Who will mm, care for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, 
but then also what does this mean for our broader society mm, if everyone stops having stops children? Having, yeah. children? And I, ha- I have a lot of compassion for that activation in people when they hear that because that it comes out of concern for us as well. Yeah. Like it, it's that evolution thing, th- thing that I was talking about, like the tribe more broadly. But I think it is that. Well, I, I want you to be loved and cared for. Who's yeah. going to do that then? Yeah. You're going to be on your own? Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in my sort of dotage, I have a lot of compassion for that. But it did used to um, upset me a lot more getting those questions when I was younger. And you get them a lot more when you're younger because that's where the pressure is. Mm. Yes. So, Dash, I read this thing that's um, been sitting with me and I think there's something to it when we think about the perception of selfishness around not having kids. So this random comment on the internet said, um, the expectation is for people and particularly women to sacrifice their happiness for others, i.e. kids, and others, i.e. their kids and society, to sacrifice their happiness for them, aka looking after when they're old, potentially. So when they see us not sacrificing any aspect of ourselves or not sacrificing to have kids and thriving and being happy about that, it might hold up this mirror and they call it selfish. Mm. You didn't sacrifice, you're not sacrificing anything. That's actually quite selfish. So I think there's something to that maybe, to Mm. that feeling of this feeling that maybe people can't quite articulate about why it's seen as being selfish to to not have them when, you know, I've never wanted them at 45. So the environmental lens to this wasn't a thing when I was saying this when I was a teenager and and younger, right? So I'm not going to put my hand on my heart and say, oh, it's this environmental reason. But Nowadays, I think the assumption is, or the question is, oh, is it for environmental reasons? Um, that doesn't hurt, um, but it, it's, it hasn't been a choice that I made for that because it was just in me from, from birth. Mm. But I f- feel like now for maybe younger folks getting those questions and accusations of being selfish, I think it an interesting answer could be that, well, is it selfish not to give birth to 85 years worth of CO2 emissions? Yeah. Because 85 is a life expectancy of a woman now. Yeah. So is it selfish? Is it considered selfish now? I wonder for the younger generation do, to, to not have kids or because of the environmental lens, actually the pressure's off around that people go yeah yeah actually I'm not sure I think it's it's interesting because I think we've got to unpack selfishness at the individual level Mm. and then selfishness for the good of the planet right Mm -hmm. and I think we win on the selfishness of the good of the planet now as Mm. you said the conversations around climate change and the impact that population growth has on the climate um that accusation cannot be levelled at us as being selfish anymore. Mm. And I do think the generations coming up can harness that. Mm. But I still think the selfishness at the individual 
and the lack of sacrifice mm. that we are making in terms of we do get to sleep in if we want to, we get to travel if we want to, we get to do all of these things mm. um, that potentially people don't think we should have had the right to because mm. we should have put mm. the needs of the child and the needs of family above that. Mm -hmm. I do think the sacrifice argument is really interesting. But then I also, oh, I'm going to get shot down. <laughs> I feel like you've already, <laughs> angry emails already being like bashed out now, heading send on you. I am 100%. Look, this is, I'm, I'm sense making. So I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to um, sacrifice myself on this point. Uh, I see what you do. <laughs> But I feel like there is a vibe of motherhood martyrdom uh -huh. that is also coming through in some of the discourses I see on social media. And, you know, motherhood is the hardest job in the world. I'm not disputing that. Motherhood is this, motherhood is that. Oh, my God, look at what we have to do as mothers. Rah, 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 rah. And, I'm, and then I'm like, and then you wonder why we don't want to do that. Like why we didn't want to participate in that. We've oh, thought about it. Gosh. No, honest. And I just wanted to say the, oh, the other oh, hole God. I went down. The other oh. hole, if you can, you can read Reddit threads, right? Mm -hmm. On decisional regret on parenthood, mm. right? These anonymous posters who say, if I had my time again, I would not have children. Mm. And I think it comes back to what we started off. Society didn't have the conversation. Society didn't mm. leave the space or the permission for mm. women mm -hmm. and men to mm -hmm. have the conversation. Do you understand what having a child is going to mean? Mm. Do, you have, do you understand the impact it's going to have on your life, on your career, on your health, what you can and cannot do? Do you understand that? Is it informed consent that you are going into this decision with versus this is what society expects. I've gone into this blindly. Mm. Now I'm realizing the reality of it. And oh my God, it is harder than I thought. And it's not the life I wanted actually. Mm. Mm. I'm going to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think that, I think that it's just, because of sort of some of the things we were talking about earlier around how even strangers will feel will feel quite strongly around hearing that and will take it personally and yes. will feel like what you're saying is somehow a judgment or a um, or you're really questioning their choices or you just talking about your own experience and your own thoughts on, on this will really be kind of absorbed as this very personal attack, I feel. Yeah, like oh, parents, it totally will be. Which, it's such a shame that we can't, that it, it doesn't go both ways, right? Yeah. Um, we don't take it as a personal attack when people talk about how much joy and how happy they are around having kids. We've had some amazing um, guests on the podcast talking about it. We don't... We 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 don't take that personally, no. right? It's just it's just a different way, and that's why I think there's something very evolutionary and primal about how people are going to be hearing what you're saying and it, absorbing it as some sort of judgment and like whatever on on their choices. And it's not. You're just 
voicing your opinions and thoughts. But on the um, the thing of, yes, sleeping in and all of that, I bet you've heard this one, that that, um, how do I put this? Like, why would you, val- like, that makes you, are you shallow or are you materialistic mm. or that you're putting a value in travelling or sleeping in or what have you over the the love from another human being and overdoing something as important as raising a human being. Yeah. Like what kind of shallow person values that those things that you talked about? Yeah. Have you heard that before? I have heard that before. Yeah. And um And yeah. what do you say to that? Um I say it is bigger than that. Like I mm. I feel like if you understood who I am, the work that I do, mm. why I think the way that I think, then, okay, if you walk away thinking I'm shallow, then fine. But mm. you and I are probably not going to keep connecting on that level. But I think it still comes down. They have to find an explanation mm. and they have to find, I guess what I'm saying is think about it, like mm. think about it closely. Mm. And I feel like maybe some of that primal reaction comes from a little bit of um, unconscious resentment or unconscious like but how come you got to think about it Mm, how come you thought about it and I didn't think about it and I actually don't know what to do about the fact that you thought about it and had conversations and made a deliberate choice around this and so then when you bring in the shallow element you know the other thing that people say to me is um what, of why they want to have children is, mm-hmm. oh, I want to see myself reflected in my child. I'm like, isn't that shallow? You want to see a little mirror of yourself running around? That's also shallow. We can all be shallow. <laughs> There's shallow arguments <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> I think pe- people as well, because I do actually love kids um, and like to think I'm pretty good with kids, yeah, I do think people find that hard to reconcile around, well, but why Why didn't you want them? But you love them and they can see how happy I am Yeah. for them when they have kids over the moon that they're doing with their life what they wanted to do in the case that that's what that they've thought about it and all of that, which is different to what you were just talking about. Um, so I don't know. They, I think they've... Is, is it that they think I have some sort of cognitive dissonance or they just can't reconcile the me that's overjoyed. They see it in my face when I'm with kids that I, you know, that I love them and I'm really enjoying myself and I'm just so invested in their um, child rearing journey that when I turn around and be like, nah, I'm not having them though. They're like, well, but just how's that sitting? I don't know how to add those two things up. Yeah, so it's a cognitive dissonance on their side too and they're um, probably trying to make sense of that. Mm. But then do they say to you, you will change your mind? I used to get that. I'm too old to get that now, but all, that was the, always, always you will change your mind, you will change your mind. And I, I always knew I w- wouldn't. To be fair, when you're younger though, a lot of people, I had a lot of friends who would say that too, but your teenagers are like, oh, kid and then they do change their mind yeah. so to be fair people who say that in their experience that has been the case yeah. people get older biological clock starts ticking 
and people change their minds. Yeah. So, but I, all I can do is say to them that, that, that I'm, that I'm not going to. The thing is, you know what? Who, like maybe people do, maybe you will change your mind, Ash. Yeah. But I would rather change my mind to have children than to have had children and then change my mind to have not wanted children. The thing is, you're flooded with chemicals that you, that when a child is born, right, and that it's in the world now. That I, I, I think if you had a kid, you would um, see. I'm being like those people telling you now, aren't I? <laughs> telling you that we. Um, I, I would don't, love you, it. You, you would, would exactly. I would love it. You would it. want to. And you people, would do it. Well, yeah. people do say to me, it is different when it's your own child, and I know that because when I am with my sister's children. I have a bond with them and I do love them. That is different to other children. I totally get that. And I know that if I was to have a child, I would love that child. And I probably be, there would be elements of being a parent that I would absolutely love. Mm. But as I was saying before, there are multiple reasons and rationalizations, but also gut reactions and heart reactions that have Mm. come into the decision. And one of the big ones for me is actually... I love my husband. I adore my husband. He doesn't necessarily want children. No, he doesn't want children. And we check in with each other regularly. We keep going, Is it, are we still on the same page about this? Have we changed our minds? Do we still not want children? We still have those conversations. So it's we haven't um, necessarily said it's totally fixed, but I think now we're pretty fixed. Um, but I know that if we had had children the impact it would have had on our relationship would not have been a good one. I know that for myself because I know that I would have been anxious. I know that I would be resentful potentially of if I was doing all the child rearing or if I was doing all the sacrifice Mm. for the child, which I feel like I have to do for the dog. And to be fair, (laughs) the Scots probably like it's a dog. Like I'm not going to come home to feed the dog. Whereas in, I'm like, you need to be home at six o'clock to feed the dog. Like there. So can I also just bring up some stats um, around if you and Scott ever do decide to have kids or some stats just that just bring into sharp focus that he's living in a different reality to you though. Yeah. When it comes to kids. So Men with kids are more likely to be hired than childless men and tend to be paid more after they have children and for every kid they have. And every time a woman interrupts her career to care for a child, her wage declines by 9 to 18%. So the ramifications of having kids are very different mm. for you and your husband, mm. which is also an interesting dynamic. I think Um, it is. And I would be resentful of that. To be honest, I would have been resentful for that. mm. But also from a positive end, (laughs) I love the relationship I have with my husband. Mm. I love that it is the two of us. Mm -hmm. And I am fulfilled in that relationship. And one of the things that I find the most hurtful thing that people say to me about choosing not to have children is, well, you won't know what true love is. Mm. That's, That's one that, yeah. You won't actually know what love is mm. because you have chosen not to have a child. And I'm like, how dare you say that? Mm. I experience love daily in my relationship with my husband. I experience love all the time. I know it's a different type of love, 
but don't tell me that I'm not experiencing love because I don't have a child. Mm, mm. And again, I'm coming with the compassion. Yeah, <laughs> do because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that that love between parents and child is so overwhelming and so, um, uh, you know, all-consuming, right, that for those who experience that and they see someone who's chosen not to have that in their life, they're trying to find a way to communicate how big yeah. this love is. Yeah. Um, and they don't understand that you and I are both okay not yeah. having that. Yeah. We, I get that. I, get, I, I, w- I won't experience it, but I understand how big it is yeah. and I can see the impact of it on you and I can, you know, appreciate, wow, what a miraculous feeling to experience but I don't want want it yourself no and I'm I'm the same as you like I sometimes it will make me tear up watching an interaction between mother and child or father and child and sometimes I see the way my sister parents or my brother-in-law parents and it is beautiful like the love the connection it is beautiful and it's still a hurtful thing for someone to yeah, say yeah. to someone, yeah, yeah. you will not know what real love is mm. unless you've had a child. Mm. So two, both things can be true. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think I just want to call it out that just be sensitive, I think, to some of the conversations in the same way I have to be sensitive to some of the conversations I have around people who have children and have chosen to go down that path, I I don't say these things to people. Mm. You know, well, I'm you're saying, saying it to a lot of people I'm saying now. to people because like, we're unpacking it, right, yeah. as a concept. But it's not like I would say to someone, I'm always thrilled for someone who has become pregnant. I am thrilled for them when they go down that journey. I'm like, this is the next best thing for amazing. you. Amazing. You have wanted this. You have loved this. Right? Like, amazing. I'm so happy for you. I think where my sorrow and grief comes from is that I don't feel like that um, celebration Mm. extends back to us Mm -mm. and for the choices that we make. Mm. And so, you know, can like can we have in Mm. our society Mm. the complexity of different types of families Mm. and different types of being and Mm. for that to be okay? It's not a judgment on Mm. you. It's not a judgment on me. We are... And I feel like we're getting there, you know, with um, LGBTIQA plus rights and, and recognitions and trans and non-binary and, and being like, this is good. This is, you know, part of being human. Well, part of being human is also making decisions around this and it's okay. Mm. And I guess I would just sort of, for, for, for people who have that, that gut reaction or this response when they're listening to people talk about child-free or declare they don't want kids, I'd be really interested in having you sort of sit with that and try and work out what's what am I really feeling here? This person is talking about a decision that they're making that's um, they're not saying that I've that it's not a judgment on what I want. Why why am I feeling so strongly <laughs> or why am I what is it in me like? that's making me feel really strongly about that person's decision not to have kids Mm. and unpack that. Like, why? Yeah. Because, yeah, I just think it's, it's interesting. 
Hi, it's Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us here at the XYZ Experiment podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. And if you enjoyed our show, make sure you tell all your friends and family and, of course, subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment. You'll get all our latest updates and news. And a big shout out to Luke Champion, who composed our original music. 